0: This is the epilogue audio experience. Yuki Ilyas is a performer, a teacher and a corporate coach. She's trained under the best talent in India and abroad and she uses all these skills while she's on stage. At the moment, she is celebrated for her solo performance called Elephant in the Room. It's my pleasure to chat with Yuki Ilyas on my Rangamanch show. Welcome to the show, Yuki. Tell me, how did your love affair with the theatre begin?
1: Um, I would say it began very young. My parents are both artists and they started taking me to listen to music, both Hindustani, Karnataka, and I would say more music uh, and dance before uh, theatre, actually. And uh, cinema was big in their lives, documentary films. Um, I encountered the love for theater in college. You know, like in Bombay, most colleges have a theater group and theater festivals. So I was Xavier's college, and that's where a lot of us began. um, I was with uh, Kwasar Thakur Padamsi, um, Akash Kurana. We were all kind of contemporaries growing up together and started doing theater then. But the big love, I think, hit me when I went to a school in Paris called the Lecoq School for theater. And it was um, a very new kind of theater for me, Bhavnanji. It was uh, physical theater. So a lot of mask work, clowning, uh, movement, which I thought was when I found myself truly in the space that I love. Yeah.
0: So when did this uh, acting bug or this um, show business or performing bug beat you first? Um, okay, both the uh, parents were artists. So were you traveling mm-hmm. with them? Were you watching them all the time? Uh, was it as a child that you said you're going to be like your parents?
1: No, actually, I had no clue what I'd be. You know, I I, I was a wanderer, I think. Uh, but my parents were, because they were artists, they put no pressure on me. And they were, they were very cool. They were like, you'll discover what you have to be when you discover. But of course, there was a huge influence in, I guess, the, an artistic growing up. Um, but the first bug, I think, was... Um, Watching some shows like Marcel Marceau, I was uh, happy to see him when I was very young at the Baba Auditorium, uh, watching French Clowns, watching um, uh, Ghashiram Kotwal. And I remember those kinds of images and that kind of power on stage was incredible. And I never did think that it would be part of my life till I showed up on stage. And uh, I felt like, yeah, this is something where... For once, I feel good <laughs> because I was not a good student. I always felt like an imposter growing up in terms of education and academics. But I didn't feel as an as an imposter on stage. And, and yet you're playing so many different characters. But that's where I felt like this is the closest to what it feels right to be.
0: <laughs> so how did your friends and people you loved reacted to uh, your... Um, invasion on theater? How did they react? Did they make you feel an outsider? Did they make you feel special? Uh, Did their opinion uh, influence you uh, or determine any uh, decisions in you? That's a really interesting question that you've asked. And I think um,
1: um, the theater is a very social space. You're always interacting and it can affect you people can influence you, affect you. And I think there can be both very positive influences um, and a lot of positive feedback. And then there can be the negative and there can be the developmental. And as you're growing your career of an artist, I think that's a very uh, careful balance to keep treading. How much to take in people's appreciation, how self-critical you need to be of yourself and how uh, you need to keep evaluating what is important for you in art and why you do what you do. What is the purpose of the craft? How do you develop it? And for me, that has become an important dialogue, uh, not just being on stage and receiving the the applause, but really to grow, I think deeper in what it means for me as a longer journey other than the audience. Um, And so, but it's important as as, as we know, it's um, it's it's a social world of being an artist, at least the theater one. Um, And, you know, sometimes I can be bitten quite hard, I can be very sensitive about the uh, feedback I get. um, And I have to learn to to grow with it. And um, how you seek it becomes important. Who you seek it from becomes more and more important.
0: So when did you decide that you were also going to become a teacher? Is it when you felt that you had excelled in your art? Do you think you have excelled in your art?
1: So when I went to the school at the Lecoq School, I think my eyes opened up to what education in theater can do for an artist. Uh, One is I moved from being just an actor to being a theater maker. And that was only possible because of the education that I had. It was empowering, truly. And back in India, out here, you know, I, I played the role of a, of a woman actor. I always worked with male directors, uh, even how they perceived characters and all I was very, very limited. But the fact that an education can empower you to make your own stories and make your own characters, then you can actually speak volumes more and you get to become the person you want to become as well because Mm -hmm. of that experience. So I thought that was very powerful. And I would love to carry that on as a teacher to be able to skill anyone up with Mm -hmm. that ability to make something of their own and not just being an actor, but to also make your own work. And I think that's a big leap. And I think we're all capable of it. And the education, some have it, You know, uh, they're just born directors and born creators, they have those gifts or they've been with people or families that um, gave them that education. And for some of us, we have to go and seek it. And it's amazing what it can do. So I believe in that power and, and being a teacher was a part of that. But also being a teacher allows you to actually um, stop performing for a while and, and observe. And you get to observe your own traits and other people And you're like, oh, my God, I shouldn't be doing this when I'm on stage. I need to relax a little bit more. But it also is a very beautiful space of of watching very good human beings um, create. And and you're working with them. It's a a co-creation. And you learn a lot from students. You learn a lot from the space of laboratory. Um, and because it's a space of experimentation, which really allows for you to discover so much more about the craft. Um, I haven't taught in a while now because uh, I wanted to go back to making and being the student. So I prefer being a student now and I see myself being a for another 10 years or more before I go back to teaching.
0: So also uh, being a student is far more fruitful and being a teacher is more selfless. You are giving and here you are receiving. So it also depends on what mind frame you're going through, uh, in which spot you want to be. Absolutely.
1: Um, I also think that that there's a selflessness to teaching, but there's also a a, a very big power game there. And you can be, uh, it's a very hierarchical structure, being a teacher and you have to watch out for uh, thinking that you're so smart and thinking you're right about things and how you see, because when you're teaching, you have to be careful not to... um, you know, uh, create laws for students. So because cre- uh, creation and theater are open spaces, and they will evolve because people will keep changing and evolving as well. But yeah, I I, I worry about that because you can assume to know more than other people being a teacher, and and that can uh, really change the dynamic of a discourse, and it can limit you as well. So it's good to keep throwing yourself back into being a student. <laughs> you trained in. Um outside India? Yes, I did. I studied at the, in Paris for two years, and then I went to a school in London called the London International School of Performing Arts to become a teacher, to train to be a teacher of that kind of theater, a Lecoq-based pedagogy, yeah.
0: And you're teaching in India?
1: I teach in India, yes but i also started a secondary uh, a second career so one is an artist and the other is i'm a corporate consultant and coach where i work with uh, a lot of firms uh, multinationals to work with them on communication behaviors leadership communication presence and a lot of what I studied in terms of the theater, which is your body, your voice, your art of engaging audiences, storytelling as well, uh, comes into this coaching. So it's great. It's really given me um, a lot of fuel to lead a second career.
0: How did this opportunity fall into your lap and what made you think that you were right for it or rather what made them think that you were right for it?
1: Hmm. So we began, you know, Bhavnanji, we began as role play actors for coaches in organizations. So I would go in and I would be uh, with these leaders and they would practice, for example, how to give feedback to your team members and I'll play the team member. Or how do you give uh, feedback to your upward leadership? Then I'll play a a terribly mean boss and you have to practice. Um, And so that's how we began. I learned on the job by assisting a lot of coaches And I realized that this is very much in the realm of what we can do. Um, And I think what made me um, have an edge is definitely my theater pedagogy, being able to work with other people in a very human way, in a very equal way. So, um, and and give them practical tips on how to elevate their presence. So since I work with the body, uh, since I work with the voice, I'm working with leaders in a very practical fashion to make the leap to become better speakers. Um, and I think I do less theory and, and more practice, and that's what makes a difference.
0: So we are all always embarrassed to talk about the elephant in the room. <laughs> okay. And you are performing a play on it. How yes. did it happen? Where did you conceive? What, did, what went into this production? Um, most of the work that I make
1: takes a lot of time to get onto the floor. There's a lot of dreaming and uh, I would say meandering till I find it physically on the floor so. Ganpati came about with the elephant in the room was really a question of what if Ganpati does not like his elephant head, he's a young boy, and he's suddenly been given something that is not his to wear to carry, it must be really heavy to wear an elephant head in the first place. And how must a young boy in teenage crisis feel about the situation? And I thought that would be a really interesting premise to begin uh, a search there. Of course, I, uh, there are many themes in the show. Um, there's family, there's environment, there's the question of gods, there's the question of power. And I think this was the first play that I did, which once I did it discovered to me that there are many things that I'm thinking about. I haven't spoken about, but there are things happening inside us which reveal once you write a play uh, and you create a a narrative and you're like, ah, these things do seem to haunt me. Um, And so that's, so Elephant in the Room uh, is created. uh, It's a a wonderful partnership with many, many artistic collaborators. I had a wonderful writer called Sneh Sapru who came in and really helped put what is in my head into verse Uh, we knew we wanted it to be in verse Um, we did a lot of research Uh, I had a friend called Ajinkya I did a lot of research for the story we have beautiful music composers and it's an adventure most of the work I do um, starts with uh, playfulness what if um, fun I love comedy and then there's always an underlying narrative which is uh, more poetic has a lot of pathos um, and so my world of theatre is both. There will be comedy and pathos, both. I'm influenced a lot by Chaplin. I'm influenced a lot by um, clown, but in, not, not just the, the gag clown, but the clown that has a tragic side to them. Um,
0: and so, yeah, you'll see those in, in some of the shows. You're so young and you have already achieved so much. What more do you want? I don't think I'm young. In fact, I would felt, I wish I had started earlier,
1: um, much, much earlier. And, and that's what I think about a lot. And I think as a woman, I didn't think big enough. I didn't think far enough. And I didn't think I was capable and possible of more. And so I limited myself uh, for too long, even though the people around me, my family would always know that there's so much more and encouraged me. So, um, I'm making up for lost time. And yet at the same time, um, I work differently. I, I think about time in a different way. The pandemic changed how we thought of time. I allow myself to take longer to create, but I'm busy every day creating and I'm setting higher targets and more ambitions and more goals for myself in terms of what I want to make. If you're an actor, Bhavnaji, and a creator in a city like Bombay, you often feel the pressure of, um, you know, uh, that, that you have to output. You have to put it out fast. Um, You have the pressure growing up of cinema, which actually never fascinated me. I never did watch cinema, but there was that pressure and these things can take you off your path. You think you have to maybe be a film person and it took me off my path and now I'm back to knowing that this is my space. Theater is my space. I love it incredibly. Um, And what more means, just go on exploring, having fun. I am very clear about uh, the Riyaz that I have to do every day. I work out every day. I practice many kinds of arts um, and I love being immersed in that. So what is more is perhaps um, finding a balance between my work life and the corporate world, but continuously doing a Riyaz in my artistic life. And that is a discipline. Um, and I love to go and watch and listen to music and dance. Um, and so for me, what more means to keep opening up to what other people are making and doing and being in those rooms of music and being in their riyaz. I think even more than show, um, I love to be in the presence of other people's practice. So I love rehearsals, their rehearsals. I would love to sit in and just listen to people play their music um, on a morning, you know, hear Todi as a riyaz. Um, that is what I look forward to, actually, all the time.
0: My last question Your name is unusual. Mm -hmm. When I first heard of it, I could not figure out who you were, where you came from, if you were Indian, if you were not an Indian. Are you comfortable with your name? And how did this strange name come up? I love
1: the name uh, Yuki, which means snow in Japanese. My brother gave it to me when he was four years old. He was allowed to decide my name. Uh, my parents come from mixed backgrounds. And it was, I think, uh, I think it's a blessing to have a name that um, actually one cannot identify uh, where you come from, I think. <laughs> um, and I think um, I like the mystery of it. Uh, I know I disappoint people because a Japanese person doesn't show up (laughs) and it's just plain old me, a nice Bombay girl, but um, it has helped me. Um, Many of my stories, um, many of the things I think about are about identity and the the need to uh, liberate myself from any one kind of identity. And people are always trying to box you. And I've always had that since I was a kid and I personally don't believe in any of those boxes Um, and so the name has allowed me to have that, uh, a bit of that freedom Uh, and it's important to me to have that freedom.
0: I will just say in the end that uh, Yuki, you are fantastic so focused, so bang on and you have all my blessings and it was a pleasure so much.
1: It was a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much for those questions, allows me to think.
0: Thank you for tuning in. If you have liked this episode, do comment. Do rate on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to Rangmanch on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Hubhopper, CastBox, Spotify, GeoSavan, so that you get notified when we come next. Stay tuned for the next episode with yet another guest and until then, take great care of yourself.